Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a clap this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. And Lord, that where two or three gathered, there you are in the midst. You know, um, Jesus didn't need a crowd to make things happen. Sometimes he spoke in front of a multitude, and sometimes he spoke in front of 12. And those 12 changed the world. So while we're not at full capacity today, you know, I just want you to remember that God has a word for you today. You didn't stumble in here by accident. I believe that there's a word for you this morning. I feel like God's been talking to us all morning long. And um, I really have been uh, praying through this, this scripture that God put on my heart. And, uh, you know, I, I really wish sometimes God would give me uh, some of those light and fluffy stuff. But he always gives me stuff that's hard to chew on. And it's always stuff for me because I'm not going to share anything to you that I haven't chewed on for me. It doesn't really make any sense to do that. But this message, um, it's been on my heart for, honestly, months. And um, our text this morning we're going to start at is, is Matthew 26, verses 20. I mean, verses 36 through 39. And this morning I have, a, I have a message. It's titled, Watch, Pray, and Prepare. Watch, Pray, and Prepare. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, I ask that you would anoint me to release the word. That, Father God, that every ear would be open and that every heart ready to receive your word, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you would use me, that you would put me on like a glove, and that, Father, that whatever you want to say this morning, that it would be said, that, Lord, that your anointing would break any yoke of bondage, that it would set free any captive, and that, Father, that truth would be revealed so that all of us may walk in the fullness of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. So in every gospel, the words watch and pray are spoken by Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus repeats these words, watch and pray. Now, anytime you're reading the word of God and you see that things are repeated, those are those things where you should be like, okay, something's very important about what is being said here. It's, it's, it's very important that we understand that God has called us to watch and pray. And I believe that he's not just saying this as a, um, most of the times this is just an end times he's returning type message, which is absolutely true, and we will hit on that. But I believe Jesus is giving us some very important keys And he's teaching us how to posture ourselves for victory in this life and in the life to come. See, we can glance over this and we can say, well, we'll watch and pray. Or we can say, Lord, is there a posture that I'm supposed to live my life in 
that is watchful and prayerful. And there's a difference. There's a difference from hearing and applying. And that's what I really feel like God is wanting us to do this morning, is it's time that we become watchmen. You know, in the, in the past, you know, it's been understood that only certain people are watchmen. But see, Jesus didn't say certain people should watch and pray. He said every one of us should be watching and praying. It was a blanket statement. So Matthew 26, starting at verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. First time, watch with me. He went a little further, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, but let your will be done. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, when I was researching this, God, God led me to the word Gethsemane. And I did a word search on this. And many of you might know this, but the actual Greek word for Gethsemane, and in the Hebrew as well, is a place of pressing for oil or wine. It's the pressing place. Whoever feels like they're pressed. Life will press you. If you don't have a pulse, you've never been pressed. If you've got a pulse, you're in this category. Congratulations, you made it. We're in the pressing place. Today, the church is being pressed to accept sinful behavior and lifestyles. Pressed to conform to culture. Pressed to accept various forms of truth. My truth, your truth, his truth, Scooby-Doo's truth, everybody's truth. Pressed to conform to religious norms and doctrines. Pressed to release the responsibility of heaven's mandate to the church, to the government. Pressed to fit in instead of standing out and being separate. Oh, we're being pressed. If you don't know it, I'm coming today to say, wake up, watch, and pray. You cannot sleep through this anymore. We cannot sleep through this anymore. It's time to wake up. We're being pressed. Here, hear the Lord's answer to the pressing. It's the same as it was in the garden 2,000 years ago. Watch and pray. What do you do when you're pressed? You watch, you pray. What do I do when everything in my life's falling apart? I watch and I pray. What do I do when I see my country turning into something it shouldn't be? I watch and I pray. 
we watch and we pray. Let's define the word watch. The Greek word is Gregorio. I'm killing this, I know. I'm a West Texas boy. I am not a scholar, okay? It means to keep awake, to be vigilant, to be watchful. To stay awake, to be vigilant, to be watchful. Listen, I spent the first eight years of my adult life insecurity in the military. My whole job, my whole life revolved around being watchful, being vigilant. In my job, if you got caught sleeping on post, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're probably getting a dishonorable discharge. No pass and go. You's gone. Listen, we have a king that set us on post. And we cannot be asleep on post. And even worse, we can't abandon our post. I know Greg knows in in wartime, if if you get caught abandoning your post, you don't go to trial. Very seldomly will you go to trial in wartime. And when God talks about abandoning our post and sleeping on our post in, this, in these scriptures that we're going to be going over today. And it, it is so important that we wake up. I hear the Lord speaking to every member of the body of Christ to wake up. We've spent long enough sleeping. We've slept while God was pressed out of our government of our schools, and of our culture. And let me tell you something. He's coming for our families. We can keep blaming it on past generations. We can keep blaming it on this and that and whatever. But listen, we're the generation. God is saying we have a chance, but we better wake up. We better wake up. We better repent and we better turn back to God and we better get to praying. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Listen, it's the same as it has always been. We need to be watchful. We need to be prayerful people. So how do you know if you're asleep? Well, looking at this scripture, there's some signs that we're asleep. Number one, We become apathetic towards the heart of God. See, the disciples were in that garden with him. They saw him sweating blood. They saw the torment on Jesus' face. And they were apathetic. Apathetic enough to sleep while he was in torment. Are we apathetic in our life with Christ? Do we care about the heart of God? Do we care about the things of God more than the things of of our life, of this temporary existence, we might be asleep. Number two, when you're sleeping, you're ruled by the flesh even though your spirit is willing. 
See, Jesus said the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. See, if your flesh is ruling your life, your spirit, if it's overwhelming your spirit, you're asleep. We're not called to work, walk according to the flesh, but to walk according to the spirit. We're supposed to be alive. We're supposed to be powerful. You only do that if you're alive to the Spirit of God. Number three, we're ignorant of the significance of the season we're in. Think about the season that the the disciples were in in that garden. And they were able to sleep. Oh, man. I can't even understand that. They didn't know the season they were in. Everything was just about to change forever. We must become aware of the significance of our time in history. We must know the time we live in. God is offering us opportunity to rebuild the spiritual walls and defeat the spirit of Antichrist that is rising in our time. He's given us an opportunity. Listen, he's, he's, he's speaking it out. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Pray, pray, pray. Wake up. This will require us, every one of us, to be watchful and prayerful. You know, when Nehemiah was commissioned by God to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, there was a posture that God put those men in that were building that wall. With one hand, they were laying bricks and mortar. And with the other hand, they had a sword in hand. There is a posture that the church, that every one of us as believers need to be in in this time, in this era. We need to be building the kingdom of heaven. We need to be doing the things that God has commissioned us to do. And we need to have a sword in the other hand, the sword of the Spirit. And we need to be watchful. Because the enemy is coming in like a flood. And he's seeking to destroy each and every one of us. He's just seeking to destroy our families, seeking to destroy our nation, and seeking to destroy this world. He is the enemy. Paul spoke of how believer, believers should think when they're getting pressed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, he said, But we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. For we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Skipping down to verse 16, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, 
is working for us a far and more exceeding weight of eternal glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. (laughs) We do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Listen, with, with the news... 24-hour news cycle, it's easy to lose heart in these days if your focus is on that. If your watch is on that, you will be depressed. You will be anxious. You will be fearful. But if your watch is on the Lord, what what are we watching for? What are we watching for? Are we watching for the enemy? Do we have a big Satan and a little bitty God? Because some of us live our lives that way. Let's be real. There's a devil under every stone, but we don't see God in anything. God help us. In Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, Jesus is going to talk about, in, 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 verse, or in chapter 24, we all know in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the end days and all the signs of the times that are coming. And if you haven't read Matthew 24, I, I really, really, really would encourage you to read that. Because let me tell you something, the boxes are checked. We should know the times we're in. The very next chapter, he's talking to the church and he's saying, listen, you better be ready. I just told you all the signs. I told you what's going to happen. Now you better get ready. So Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps but took no oil oil with them. But the wise took their oil in their vessels with the lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at the midnight cry, when the midnight cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather and sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. 
I want us to, to recognize a few things in this scripture. Number one, if your idea of Jesus coming back is basically, oh God, help us. If you're expecting a funeral and not a wedding, you don't understand what's happening. Jesus is coming for his bride. We're his bride. If you're not excited for the coming king, you're asleep. Wake up. Wake up. Pray for that day. Prepare for that day. Because he's coming for us. He's coming for us. Note that there's ten virgins. Of course, virgins means they were all pure before the Lord. All of them, all ten of them were pure before God. Each and every one of them. (laughs) But according to the parable, only 50% of the church will be watching and ready when he returns. If you, take, if you take Scripture literally, 50% of the church is going to be asleep. That's sobering. That is sobering. Wake up. Matthew 13 is another passage of scripture where watch and pray is the subject. As you're turning there, right below that passage about the ten virgins, it goes in about the talents and about how each of us are given talents by God. But only certain of us, certain of the, the, those who received talents did something with them, prepared for the coming of the master to say, Lord, you, you entrusted me with this one, and now I've got two. You entrusted me with these five, now I have ten. Or you entrusted me with this and I was scared to death to do anything or lose it so I dug a hole and buried it and did nothing with it. It's not always, it's, it's not enough just to watch and pray. We need to prepare. You understand that it takes, it's going to take action. You're going to have to go out with your talent and you're going to have to do something with it. There's something God has put on the inside of all of us for His kingdom, for His glory, and we get to co-labor with Jesus to build that now here on the earth as it is in heaven. We have to be on mission. So Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But on that day, 
of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and, the, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. How many times are you going to say watch? That's a lot of watching. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest come suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch, watch, watch. Uh, Mark 13, 32 through 36. Listen, this message this morning is not to bring condemnation and is not to bring fear. This is a, this is a, a message that's supposed to bring a reminder that we have purpose That God is returning. He's coming back. And we cannot afford to be found asleep. We need to be about doing the things that God has called us to do. Each and every one of us in here has a calling by God. If you said yes to Jesus, you're in the ministry. Like Chris Valentin says, you might suck at it, but you're in the ministry. <laughs> I take that for myself, so he didn't say we had to be great at it. He just said we had to do it. Thank God. We're every one of us kings and priests through Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we, 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 we quote Romans 8 and 1, and I do it all the time, and we leave out half of the verse. So I wanted to read that this morning. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, comma, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to pray. We need to pray and we need to watch. And listen, my encouragement to you this morning is that God is sending a word to us to wake up. Listen, if we were not watching yesterday, today's the day to watch. Get your oil ready. 
Get your oil ready. Be ready. He's coming. It's going to be a great and glorious day. A great and glorious day when He returns. And we should all be looking forward to that day. In 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to end here. Sometimes we get so preoccupied on this short life, on this temporal life, that we forget we have an eternity to live. And and how do we remain vigilant? We keep our eyes on the eternal and not the temporary. And Paul speaks about this very beautifully in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands that's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. For we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. Listen, this is not our home. This is not our home. We are strangers in a foreign land. And this is not our home. We have an eternal home. I heard a song, um, I was watching the K-Love uh, Awards, the fan awards. I don't know if y'all saw that. It's awesome. If you if you hadn't, check it out on YouTube. It's there was a new song that was sung, and it, and it was talking about how there will be no scars in heaven, except for on the hands that hold us. None of this pain. None of this scarring. None of it goes with us. We get new bodies. <laughs> this is not our home. Don't get caught up in this temporary stuff. Don't fall asleep. Don't get lulled to sleep. And don't fall into temptation. Keeping our eyes on things that it shouldn't be on. Watch for the Lord. 
Watch for his coming. Be about his business. And serve him with gladness. Serve him with gladness. It's a privilege. It is a privilege to serve Jesus. It is an honor. He's a good, good, good God. So if, if you're here today and maybe you're saying, man, if I'm honest with myself, I kind of fall into one of those things. I've, I've, I recognize maybe I'm asleep. Listen, all you have to do is recognize and repent. The gospel is so simple, but it starts at repentance. Everything starts there. We can't cut it out. And it's so easy to say, Lord, I was wrong. I've been asleep. Thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Help me to stay awake. Help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to keep my heart turned to you, my affections upon you. And I guarantee you, if you'll take that and you'll begin to pray, He will partner with you. He will change your circumstance. And He will bring you into a position where you don't have to worry about being ready. You're always ready. You're always ready. Go ahead and stand with me. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be awakened. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are, your mercy is new every morning. Your grace is sufficient. (laughs) Your grace is sufficient. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, for showing us how to walk this walk, how to live this life how to keep our eyes on the things that are above. Father, teach us to watch. Father, keep, keep our hearts full, full of your presence, full of your joy, full of your peace, full of the Holy Spirit. And God, let us be a people of prayer. Oh God, let us be a people of prayer. Father, I ask for forgiveness for when we We gripe and we complain about things without even a thought to prayer. God, help us. Move us to be a people who pray, who pray without ceasing, who pray about everything. God, we thank you, Lord, that you warned us, you told us, you said, watch and pray. And Lord, we receive that word this morning. We will be a people that watch and pray. We will not be caught sleeping. We will be caught watching and ready for your day. And so, Lord, I pray blessings over your people today. I pray that they would go out, Lord, with confidence in you, that, Lord, that your kingdom, your kingdom will come. 
on earth as it is in heaven. And that, Lord, that you're more than enough to conquer anything that we face in this life. In Jesus' name. If y'all have any prayer needs, we're going to have our leaders come up to the front. If there's anything you need prayer about, talking about praying, please come out, give prayer. We would love to agree with you about anything that you're facing. If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus as, as as your Lord, today's your day. Don't leave here without meeting him. Love you. God bless.